we are being transformed into Christ-likeness. We will, that will happen in a particular way. This chapel, tomorrow's chapel, and the chapels next week, we're going to follow the pattern of Advent and the Advent scripture readings and the Advent story. Um, anybody in the room think that Jesus has come once? That's not a trick question. Is he? Okay, okay. Okay, and anybody in the room think that he'll come again? Okay, that's what Advent's all about. Advent is this time of looking, of looking and waiting and, and longing and hoping. And the first, um, the first of our Advent services, the theme is look for the coming Messiah. So we're going to light a candle. There are four candles. The reason for the purple candles is that we want to recognize Jesus as the royalty he is. The reason for the pink candle is for joy. Pure, that, they didn't run out of purple. That's the reason for the pink, um, for joy. Reason for the royal blue uh, tablecloth, again, to celebrate his, his royalty. We'll read a psalm this evening. We'll read a gospel reading this evening. And then the message from uh, Reverend Dave Church is going to be based on the Old Testament reading for this service, for this first Advent service. I may have told you what you already know, but I want to kind of bring you up to speed about um, why we're doing what we're doing. So I'm going to light this first candle in anticipation that the Messiah who came once we believe he'll come again. Amen? Amen. Okay, stand and we'll read this first scripture together. Um, we're going to read that, read it responsibly. To you, O Lord, I lift up my soul. O oh my God, in you I trust. Do not let those who wait for you be put to shame. Let them be ashamed who are wantonly treacherous. Make me to know your ways, O Lord. Teach me your paths. Lead me in your truth and teach me, for you are the God of my salvation. For you I wait all day long. Be mindful of your mercy, O Lord, and of your steadfast love, for they have been from of old. Do not remember the sins of my youth or my transgressions. According to your steadfast love, remember me for your goodness' sake, O Lord. Good and upright is the Lord. Therefore, he instructs sinners in the way. He leads the humble in what is right and teaches the humble his way. All the paths of the Lord are steadfast, love and faithfulness for those who keep his covenant and we're going to sing one of the oldest Christmas carols, one of the oldest hymns that's in existence. Tomorrow we'll sing the oldest one.
gospel reading and I'd like us to have men read and then the women read so we'll interchange that way um, okay there will be men with me there will be signs in the Sun the moon and the stars and on the earth distress among nations confused by the roaring of the sea and the waves people will faint from fear and foreboding of what is coming upon the world for the powers of the heaven will be shaken. Then they will see the Son of Man coming in a cloud with power and great glory. Now when these things begin to take place, stand up and raise your heads because your redemption is drawing near. Then he told them a parable. Look at the fig tree and all the trees. 
As soon as they sprout leaves, you can see for yourselves and know that summer is already near. So also when you see these things taking place, you know that the kingdom of God is near. Truly, I tell you, this generation will not pass away until all things have taken place. Heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will not pass away. Be on guard so that your hearts are not weighed down with despair and drunkenness and the worries of this life, and that day catch you unexpectedly. Like a trap, for it will come upon all who live on the face of the whole earth. Be alert at all times, praying that you may have the strength to escape all these things that will take place and to stand before the Son of Man. To give light to those who sit in darkness and in the shadow of death to guide our feet into the way of peace. commend you for being out on such a cold evening and being disciplined enough to come to class and come to chapel. This evening um, I was told that we don't have time for a full sermon and that I should make my comments short and to the point. So uh, I will try to do that. Uh, it's hard sometimes for preachers to do that, but I'll do my best. The scripture for this evening is Jeremiah 33, 14, if you care to turn to that. Jeremiah 33, 14 through 16. Once again, Jeremiah 33, 14 through 16. And since we don't have a lot of time this evening, this will not be an exegetical sermon. It will be a more of a, a gathering of some thoughts that I would like to share with you going into this Christmas and Advent season. 
Jeremiah 33:14 it reads The days are coming declares the Lord when I will fulfill the gracious promise I made to the house of Israel and to the house of Jacob In those days and at that time I will make a righteous branch sprout from David's line he will do what is just and right in the land In those days Judah will be saved and Jerusalem will live in safety this is the name by which it will be called the Lord our righteousness we have already reflected on the fact that this is the start of the advent season and i want to speak to you for a few minutes tonight about the skill of impatient waiting the skill of impatient waiting. Now I know none of you are impatient. Uh, but I confess to you that I am very impatient. And I thought as I got older that that would get better just by passing of time. I remember as a small child when we would come to this Christmas season the thing I loved about it the most was not the presents that were under the tree and not all of the festivity that went with that but the fact that my favorite aunt and uncle would come and spend a couple of days with us now they were uh, uh, they lived 100 miles or so away not that far and uh, they had no children So on Friday evening they would pack up and come to our place and I would be staring at the out the window waiting with anticipation their coming. But they had their own way of doing things. Uh they didn't have any children so they didn't know what it was like to pack up uh, children and all the stuff and they would uh get off work and instead of getting right in the car and coming to see me he would have to go home and he would have to shower and they would have to change clothes and had to leave the garage in just so so shape you know and when they would finally get there it would be late at night and it's like why does it take them so long to get here my favorite aunt and uncle and i just couldn't stand the stand it you know and i would i would be in breathless anticipation and i don't even know to this day why i loved that uncle so much he was just a favorite person but i would stand at the window and i would wait and i would wait and and the window would frost over with my breath so i couldn't see out the window you know what i'm talking about anticipation wanting something so bad but so impatient james tells us in chapter 5 verse 7 be patient then brothers until the lord's coming see how the farmer waits for the land to yield its valuable crop and how patient he is for the autumn and the spring rains i confess i am not patient and i don't think it's the nature of most of us to be patient for me patience implies passivity you know just sitting around waiting doing nothing and i'm not that kind of person you know when i was younger i couldn't stand to watch baseball 
If I couldn't be the pitcher or play first base or be the catcher, I wasn't there. Yeah, I, you know, I could not sit through night. I had to be doing something. I want to be involved. I want to make something happen. I'm not about sitting around waiting for things to happen. Are you like that? Most of us want to be participants. We don't want to be spectators. We like what James talks about, being doers of the word and going forth and making things happen. But patience isn't like that. I don't like to wait. We read in scripture that the meek are going to inherit the earth, but, you know, I'm not sure I want to wait for that to happen. You know, I, I just want to make things happen. The farmer has to wait. He has to have patience. How many of you grew up on a farm or have spent any time on a farm? So you can testify to this, right? I'm not a farmer. My family, uh, some of them in southern Indiana are farmers. And two things that I learned from them. One is that the harvest is a result of incredible patience. Waiting for the rains, waiting for things that are outside of your control and waiting for things that you, you, you just don't have any control of. And the second thing is the harvest is a result of incredible work. Does anybody know a decent farmer that isn't a hard worker? It takes lots and lots of patience to be a farmer, but you can't just sit around and wait, right? James is telling us to be patient then, brothers, until the Lord's coming. But he's not saying to us, sit around and wait. He's not saying be passive. He's not saying there's nothing to do. Just sit around and it'll be okay. No, he's telling us to be patient, incredibly patient, but also to work incredibly hard. Anything that is worth waiting for is also worth working for. Remember that when you get discouraged about your little certificate they give you on this platform. If it's worth, it's worth working for. I know that my counsel to be patient and James's counsel is not particularly helpful to you. So what is the skill of impatiently waiting? Well, the promise is that the Lord will return, right? That's what's so exciting about it. That's what it is, that Christ will come again in his glory and we will see him. Advent is the beginning of a new year. Advent is the beginning of the church year. This is the time of the year when we get to start all over with the cycle of praise and the cycle of worship and the centered first around the birth of Christ and his first coming. This is a new beginning for us. This is Advent. This is the beginning of a new year. Now I know the world has kind of taken over the whole Christmas thing, right? Uh, it's hardly, hardly uh, Halloween before they're putting out the Christmas tinsel and the lights and trying to entice you and seduce you to buy things. They don't have anything to do with Advent, though. Advent is our service. Advent is, is 
Christian. It is the thing that we have special. It is the new beginning. I don't see anything in this passage we read uh, in Jeremiah. The days are coming, declare the Lord. I don't see anything in the James 5, 7 where he tells us to be patient. That's about yesterday. That's about today even. Everything is in Advent is about tomorrow. And it's about the promise of his coming. And it's a promise of the good things. Advent is meant to remind us as God's children that we need to look ahead. That our destiny is not what be is behind us. Our destiny in Christ is what is ahead of us. And I submit to you that Christianity is not about yesterday. It is not even about what you did wrong this morning. Christianity is about becoming and being transformed into Christ's likeness. It's about what is today and tomorrow, what is in the future for us. We must understand today of all of the year, if not any other time, at least today, that the best days of your life are ahead of you. Advent is about the future. Advent is about looking for Christ's coming. Advent is about looking to see what God is going to make out of me. It's about looking to see what potential do I have to make a difference in this world. We live in anticipation, not in memory. Now I know, some of us live in tyranny of our past. We remember all too quickly and all too well those mistakes and those disappointments and the things that we've done that we wish we hadn't done. We live in tyranny of, of the devil over our shoulder telling us all of the things that we didn't do well and all of the things that we could have done better. But Christianity is not about that. It's about the future. So the invitation this evening is to forget the things that are behind. And it is to look to the future, to look to the coming again of the Lord. Now, that being said, not only are some of us tyrannized by our past, some of us are scared to death of the future. Right? We're not sure what's going to happen tomorrow. And we read scriptures of all of these bad things that can happen. But we know the one that is in control. Right? We know what lies ahead is better than what is behind us. We know that as we are transformed into God's likeness, that good things are happening to us. I know today it may not feel that way. As you are suffering and as you are working hard and as you're going through tribulation, but God has better days in store for us. It is not about the past. Advent is a shock to our system. Because the only direction it allows us to look is forward. It doesn't have any place in it for looking back or even crying about today. It won't tolerate the fear of the future and it also doesn't allow the tyranny of the past. I don't know of anybody in the New Testament, read it through with me. Maybe it's my perception. Maybe it's the way I read it. But I don't see people in the New Testament that are whining and crying and wishing for the days as they used to be. 
I don't know where this Christian concept comes from. We need to be looking for the future and expecting God to do great things for us. In fact, Christians possess the future. Christianity is about the future. What is going to happen in the future is about what God is going to allow in your life. It's about what God is going to do in the world. It's about the fact that he is coming again. And we know the end of the story. We know the final chapter. So then, who of us, who among us should be afraid? Who among us should have anything to worry about. We wait and look for the Lord until we pass from here to the better world. We are people of the dawn. Look at the New Testament. The women coming to the tomb at the dawn. This is a new day. This is a grand and glorious day. We are people of the advent. We are the people of the morning, of the new day, of a new way of life. The language of Advent for the Christian is not about yesterday with all of its faults and its disappointment. Everything is about the future. Working well for that for which we wait. Working well for that for which we wait. Waiting alone is not enough. Waiting alone will not do. Advent Hope is not an invitation to silly optimism. Nor is it an invitation to mindless despair or hope held hostage to your experience. The only hope worth having and the harvest worth waiting for is the ultimate confidence that translates into impatience of expectant living today. Our best days are yet ahead. The best is yet to come. Look and wait. Look and work. Look. Watch for the coming of the Lord. Hone your skills of impatiently looking for him, for as he has promised, he will return. wants to sing this song in response.
Let us pray together. Our Father, during this Advent season, we pray for your guidance and your help. We know that you did not intend for our prayer and worship to substitute for work. We know we are expected to do our part while we watch and wait. Make us willing to think hard and clearly, honestly guided by the voice within us and in accordance with the light that you give us. May we never fail to do the very best we can. And we pray in the knowledge that it all depends on you. Help us then to work as if it all depends on us, that together we may do what is well-pleasing in thy sight as we look and wait for your return. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. Go in his peace.